Welcome to the Amplifier Podcast, the show where the best in business discuss how you can grow your business best. I'm Wyatt McPherson, I produce this show, and in this episode, author, entrepreneur, and leader of the COO Alliance, Cameron Held is back for his second of three episodes in this series. Today, Don Cooper and Chris Coombs will be talking with him all about how companies can best grow their people, not in a total number sense, but to grow their skills and their leadership potential within the business. And as someone who is currently being brought through it, I can say that the value here is absolutely immense. So anyone out there who is looking to build out an even more incredible team of people should listen up and also be sure to be subscribed to the show because Cameron will be on for one more episode discussing these topics, which I know you won't want to miss. And when you're ready to start your own podcast or kickstart marketing for your company, you can always visit us at AmplifierX.com. As always, though, I truly do hope that you enjoy this episode of the Amplifier Podcast. The mistakes that we've made in our business has been promoting people who are technically strong. Chris touched on it. Hey, they did a great project. So now they must be able to lead the team because they, you know, skills versus that other whole skill set of leading and managing. I think the biggest mistakes that we've made inside of our company is taking someone who was a really great doer and, you know, a really great individual performer, elevating them up to manager leader before we actually invested in making sure they had those 12 core competencies that you mentioned earlier. I think it's, it's see, it feels systemic in our industry that that's what happens with those soft skills. I just think they're human skills. It happens with our clients, you know, in, in the industrial owner side, you almost always see in all these different departments, you'll see an engineer who was a great engineer elevating up to running that process unit because of their engineering capability. Um, and you know, in, in the in on the contractor side, it's always the great supervisor who becomes the manager, and they often lack one or many of those twelve competencies that your program is covering. Well, you just touched on something else that I think is important as well, and it's that. Um... I don't think companies reverse engineer the future. They tend to react to what's coming next. So what I mean by that is, if we talk about hiring people and promoting people, the reason we tend to like, oh, we should just promote this person now, or, um, oh, we have a gap, so we should just put this person into it, or, oh, wow, that person did a great job, we should give them the next role is we're operating very much from today, making today bigger. You know, it's almost like we've got a a ball of elastic bands and we're gonna keep adding more elastic bands to it and that's how we get bigger, which is fine, that that works. The way I prefer to work is I lean out into the future and we start with that vivid vision concept, right? Describing what your company looks like, acts like and feels like three years in the future. And I talk about the vivid vision concept in, in three of my books, in The Miracle Morning for Entrepreneurs, in Double Double, uh, is chapter one and double double and then in the book vivid vision it's also the final it's also the 12th module of the invest in your leaders course is how to make the vivid vision come true but so we start off with describing what our company looks like and then what i like doing is getting the company to do an org chart for what does your company org chart look like in three years what will your company's org chart look like in two years what will your company's org chart look like in 12 months and then if we know what our company is going to look like in the future What might our staffing plans look like for the next three years? You can almost do it by month all the way back for the 36 months because you know what roles you're going to be hiring and roughly when. 
And then it's like, oh, I, you know what? In 12 months, I know I'm going to need this role. Who can I start grooming now for that role? Oh, shit, I don't have the bench internally. Who can I look for outside that I can start grooming and recruiting for? So now what we start doing is reverse engineering the future, plan, brief, execute, debrief on the hiring side of things. And we become more proactive about our recruiting and our growing of our talent because we're always working towards that 12 month and 24 month um, org chart. And then you're no longer real. Now you might still be promoting from within, but you're doing it by design. It's like, oh, I know this guy is going to be in that role in 12 months. So I'm going to grow him. Or I'm going to say, hey, you just did great on that project. If you do great on the next three projects, you're going to get that VP role. So now instead of just promoting from within in a haphazard kind of spastic way, we can start re-engineer, reverse engineering and, 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 and making our future happen by growing into it in a prescriptive way. Uh, prescriptive way. Um, and it also allows us to then be better at our recruiting and, and working with executive recruiting firms and, and, and growing our talent internally. You know, years ago, I remember at 1-800-GOT-JUNK, one of the areas that I was growing was PR and we were building an in-house PR team. And I knew that we had one PR manager at the time, Tyler. I knew that over the next six years, over the next three years, we would get to six PR people and a director of PR. Okay, so I, we had one but I knew that over the next three years, we'd have six managers and a, and a director. So I was doing an interview. I'm interviewing these people and, and in groups and I narrowed it down to two amazing candidates that I really couldn't decide over. And I turned to Brian, I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna hire them both. I, I know that we only need one now, but we're gonna need another one in four months anyway. So I'm gonna hire them both now. If they both work out, bonus ryby. If one of them doesn't work out, I fire them and the other one's working. And he's like, yeah, do it. So I recognized, and of those two, one became the director, Katie. She now runs the largest PR firm in Western Canada. She's got like 100 employees of her own. And the other, Lindsay, managed all of our trade press. They were both with me for five years. But it's because I knew where I was going that it allowed me to hire both. And when I recognized how strong they both were, and I knew only one could be the director, I started making sure that I could find another role for Lindsay that was special. So we created a whole division of PR that she could own, even though Katie was going to be the director of PR. But it was because I knew where I was going over three years that I was able to almost play those advanced chess moves, you know, while we were doing it. I love that. You know, I don't think that we've, we've acted that, that piece of wisdom about creating the org chart about each of those in, in those 12 month segments is a part of our vivid vision that I think we've loosely talked about once or twice, Chris, but I don't. I don't think we've really thought about it that way. That to me gave us, you know, gave me an instant roadmap of exactly how we need to develop our people when, you know, with that program that you're working on and with the program that, uh, that you now have the team enrolled in with in Cameron's leadership program. I can see that being so valuable in terms of just having that, you know, using engineering terms, that blueprint um, of each of the next three years would, would be so powerful to do. Well, and, and once you know what roles you're going to have in the organization and what roles people are going to be playing, all of a sudden you can do a, an assessment to say, well, what are their skills in those roles in 12 months? Like if they're going to, if we're going to be hiring all these people, do our teams know how to do interviews? Oops. Nope. You know, if we're going to be doing, um, so, so it allows you to do almost a, 
a, a, a talent assessment and to know what skill areas to work with people on, or you start identifying, well, if I'm gonna have four of these people move up in the organization, I better grow their skills so that they can stay really competent in their roles as well. You know, there's a, um, one of the members of the Genius Network, um, Clayt Mask, who runs an organization called Infusionsoft. Clayt and I were speaking at an event together and we were talking about fast growth organizations. And I said that I, I believe that an, a, a member of a, of a management team can only stay in their role for two doubles in the company. Like when it goes from, from 5 million to 10 and from 10 to 20, the mid-level person probably can't be the manager at 40 million. They unless we really grow their skill set, they don't have the skills to run a business that's now eight times bigger, mm -hmm. right? When you go from five to 10, 10 to 20, 20 to 40, it's eight times bigger. Yeah. And then I read a book recently called The Hard Thing About Hard Things by Ben Horowitz. And he said a manager can only go through one triple. You know, that's for like from the five to 15, but they can't do 15 to 45. So <laughs> if you know you're going to be going through this growth, then it's our job to grow our people so that we don't sit down in two years and go, oh, he doesn't have the skills. Well, he doesn't have the skills because we didn't skill them up. We didn't train them. You know, like my kids right now um, are 20 and, and 18. So I'm working on very different parenting this year than I was when they were 12 and, and 10, right? I'm teaching them how to cook. I'm teaching them how to do laundry. I'm making sure they know how to do stuff around the house because at some point in the next year, we're kind of kicking them out. Yeah. I hope they don't starve to death, right? It's funny you say that. My 18-year-old recently moved back in with us. Um, and uh, and almost everything around the house that we take for granted, you know, we're having to kind of show him, hey, here's how you use the laundry. Here's how you cook. You know, I, and I, I'm enjoying it because I'm, it's, and I, and I have to sort of just, I just take, approach it from the point of view of, uh, a beginner's mindset like i was teaching <laughs> i was teaching him how to cook something on the george foreman uh grill the other day and he didn't know how to use it he didn't know how to keep it clean he didn't he didn't I mean it was like and it was just fun to to teach them some of those things and, you know for me i don't i think i have my grandma when i was a teenager who taught me all that stuff and i got i left the house when i was 18 and just had to figure it out yeah if we think about our role as parents is to grow happy healthy independent kids who can move out of the nest and be successful our job as CEO and COO is to grow our people so that they can be successful, right? So that they can grow the company. The other thing that's interesting about when we focus on growing our people, when we really invest in their skills and you grow them, they actually feel like, wow, you like me. Wow, you love me. Wow, you care about me, which means I'll work harder now at work because they, they, they see that, oh, if you're investing in my skills, you know, I could go get a job somewhere else and you're not worried they're going to leave, right? Somebody the other day said, well, what if I grow all my employees' skills and they quit and go work somewhere else? I'm like, well, what if you don't grow their skills and they stay? Yeah. <laughs> Would you rather have a bunch of unskilled managers who are working with you or a bunch of really skilled people who might leave? And then Richard Branson had a quote of something like, um, I gotta find the quote because it's really, really good. It was about if, about if, we, if we grow our people um, so that they can leave the company, but then we create a culture so that they won't. Um, yeah. you know, something along those lines, which I think was really powerful. Yeah. I mean, I think I recognized along, I can't remember who wrote it, but I remember hearing this piece of wisdom 
And it's, you know, you got to recognize if one of your managers is a $5 million manager or if they're a $10 million manager and make sure that you develop them so that they can get to 10, not just kind of throw them into the skillet and let them suffer. And we've done that with several people over the years who were great and they were capable at three and at five. And then, and then we, you know, and they were given the, the opportunity to be the 10 or $15 million leader and they just stumbled and, and really struggled. And then, and then they, and then it's trying to figure out how to get them into the right seat again, when you've kind of overstepped and never developed them enough. Um, and that's, I'm that's trying to hit the reset button. And that's our failings. As oh leaders, yeah. Right? Our, our failing is not recognizing that, wow, if we're going to be twice the size next year, then our managers need to have twice the skills they do today. Do they have them? No shit. How are we going to give them to them? But we're so busy often doing our work that we miss that opportunity to actually focus on what's important. So I flip the org chart upside down. I have the CEO at the bottom of the org chart supporting the VPs who are supporting the managers who are supporting the employees who are supporting the customers, almost like an inverted pyramid. And then we build the company inside of our core values on one side and our core purpose on the other. And then everyone at the top can see the vivid vision of where we're going. Right. But we're often trying to like manage people or hold them accountable. Chris, you want to say something on this? I, I do. A um, couple of things. The conversation carried on a little bit further, but just the just on the topic of planning out that three-year planning out. So Cameron, what you've done now in this conversation, if you've you've taken something from our long-term issues list, because that's where we keep you know our idea, ideas. They're not just issues. That's where we put our ideas. So you've now effectively taken something that's on our issues list today. And you're going to move it to rock development next quarter just by having this conversation because I can see the wheels turning in Don's head. And, and it's actually time for us to have that, to put that yeah. into action. Well, I just think it's a brilliant piece of the puzzle that I hadn't thought of. And that's why, you know, I invite people who are way smarter than me on this show, like Cameron. So we yeah. can, we can, we can get some free advice for him without having to pay him. <laughs> so the, the other part that I want to touch on is it's twofold. So, one of them, I was going to ask a question at some point, Cameron, and I was going to, and I think you've really answered that. And it's like the difference between starting a company from the ground up and coming into a company that has 10, 15, 20 people, and then helping grow that company. But if you, if you reverse engineer it from the future, then it's the same. But if you try to do it, the elastic band method, well, it might be easier to build out a smaller group to grow and if you have a group of 30 and now try to just take that and expand it day by day versus re reverse engineering that future. So I, I think that for me, anyway, that answered that question that I would have had. And then the last part about the plan. So we're investing in your leaders and that's great. And that might feel good, but if you invest by having the plan, you invest in them with purpose and then you can share that purpose with them. It's like, this is why I want you to take that course because now here's the position that in 12 months we're going to need. Yeah. And that's, and what, the, I think that all of that together makes, you know, makes that leadership development. That's really interesting that you see what, what you're identifying is in, in learning, the student controls the learning. The if the student's not willing to learn, they won't learn no matter how good the content is. Right. It's like, I'm not listening, I'm not listening, I'm not listening. But as soon as the student wants to learn, they're going to learn. So what you're showing them is the reason we're going to teach you these skills is because the company is going to be twice as big and you're going to need these skills to run it. They go, oh shit, I better learn this. 
So that's actually really interesting. In the course, what I do is I have a pretest for each module that they'll fail. So they'll do the test and it's designed that they'll fail it. And they'll be like, I don't know any of this yet. Good, pay attention. And then they do it and they go, I learned it. Awesome, well done. But I love what you're talking about, which gives them the idea of why they're even signing up for the whole course in the first place, which is really cool. So like for a CEO and for myself even, I can take that purpose from the vivid vision, from the description, and I can plan that in my head and I can come to the conclusion, okay, this is where I need the company to go based on the vivid vision. But I think as you filter that vivid vision down through the levels of the company, it requires more detail. And then that's where your staffing plan really comes into play. Yeah, exactly right. I love it. Yeah, you're right, Chris. New rock. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I'll, I'll, uh, I promise we're, we're already into this quarter and our rocks for this quarter. So we'll wait till the next quarterly uh, plan to start yeah. working on that. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, so much for listening to this episode of the Amplifier Podcast. If you wish to get in contact with anyone on the show, Don Cooper, Chris Coombs, or our beloved guest, Cameron Harold, then you can do so anytime at the links in the description. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode, and be sure to leave us a five-star rating. It truly does help us out a lot. Thanks so much for listening again, and we will see you next time on the Amplifier Podcast.